Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom. This is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss the Summer Olympics. Yes, welcome to episode 69. (laughs) Nice. All about the Summer Olympics. And at the end, we're going to make some picks for our UFC fight night. Shh, that's a secret for you and I. For the ones that can last 17 minutes into this podcast. The Summer Olympics are happening for some reason, and we are going to try and lose money on it. Nothing better than losing money on amateur sports. Wink, wink, amateur sports. Amateur sports in the sports that people don't care about. Three and a half years in between the Olympics. Professional sports for the ones that we care about all the time. Soccer, basketball, baseball. I think what the thing... Hey, what? recap? No, we don't need to do a recap. Yeah, I really think we do. I, I really don't think so. We're doing a recap. Recap! Okay, last week, Charlie Chalk and I broke down the British Open, and we both lost money. There you go. That's the recap. We both lost money. Come on. We both didn't have Colin Marikawa. Marikawa won. Congratulations to him. Ah, we just struck out. The big bet that I wanted to give out was Barson DeChambeau to miss the cut. He missed... He made the cut by one shot. So, screw you, Bryson. But that's a recap. That's golf sometimes. You either have it or you don't. But enough about that. Let's let's focus on the things we can lose money on this week. The Summer Olympics. We've identified a few events that we think we can lose some money on. The Summer Olympics are great. I, you know, your heart goes out to the athletes that train their whole lives, their literal, literal whole lives, almost as a fetus to, you know, being in their mid-20s and going to the Olympics. And that that's why last year when the, when the event was thought to be canceled and then eventually delayed... Your heart goes out to them. They this is their window. This is their four-year window. And if they if they don't do it this time, they probably will never make the Olympics. So for any other reason, you're almost glad to see the athletes get to compete slightly. Because otherwise, why are the Olympics happening? I'm not sure. <laughs> Nobody in Japan wants it. <laughs> Nobody. So that sucks. No fans, no nothing. It takes away all the, the whole Olympic experience. Also, the sex? They're not allowed to have sex. Are you kidding me? As far as I know, becoming an Olympic athlete was mostly about just having as much sex as possible in the Olympic Village. They would they would bring in a, a wharf, a shipping container of just condoms, and they're like, have at it, you weirdos. And it was like Caligula in there. But not in Tokyo. No, we actually have to actually have to focus on the, the sports, which, okay, I guess. I guess if you have to, twist my goddamn arm. Here we go. Let's pick some sports. Let's lose money on sports here. So the first sport I want to talk about is the sport that we are betting the most on right now, and that's baseball. We are we over at Losing Money WAB, which is our Twitter and Instagram accounts, where we make free daily picks. Free daily. <laughs> My goodness. We've been making a ton of money on baseball. And just by betting underdogs. We've just found a little formula that we like, and we're betting underdogs all the goddamn time. So, why not think? Let's translate that over to the Olympics. Let's lose some money on baseball Olympics. Oh, baseball Olympics. For the first time since 2008, baseball is being played at the Olympics. This tournament will be starting in the last week of July, so we got to jump on it right now. If you're listening to me right now on Friday, on Saturday, possibly on Sunday, you need to jump on it right now. So with the MLB season continuing, these rosters are made up mostly of uh, minor leaguers, former players, free agents, things like that. So only six teams are in it. Japan, Mexico, Dominican Republic is in Group A, Israel, South Korea, and the United States in Group B. Baseball has only been played five times in the Olympics ever. Isn't that crazy? Ever? U.S. has won once, South Korea has won once, and Cuba has won three times. Look at you, Cuba. Good for you. 
the favorite going into this event is Japan at plus 115. So they're not only the host country, but they're the number one in the WBSC baseball rankings, and they've dominated international baseball events. Their whole roster is filled with professional baseball players who are currently playing in Japan's uh, Nippon professional baseball, which I and a lot of people around this time last year were gambling on because there were no sports in, in, in America, and we were using everything we could from Korean baseball to Russian table tennis. So I feel very a large affinity to the Japan's uh, Nippon Baseball League. But is this a lot of fun to take Japan at plus 115? You're going to find me say this a lot in this. When, when the field is so wide open, when we don't know what's going to happen and upsets happen all the time, is it fun to take a plus 115 over the course of a you know six-day tournament or something like that? No, I don't I don't think so. So let's look at other people. Other people obviously you're gonna you're gonna look at the US at plus 300, the country that invented baseball. So they actually opened with the third best odds behind South Korea, but has jumped them in the last month. Some prospects, some big, big prospects are playing for the team, like Simeon Woods Richardson from the Blue Jays and Tristan Kakis from the, the Red Sox, plus veteran free agents, Todd Frazier, Scott Casimir, Edwin Jackson, David Robertson, players that we know that were playing in Major League Baseball last year. Everyone is going to bet on the U.S. Everyone is going to bet on the U.S. But do you want to bet on the U.S.? Seriously, look yourself in the mirror. Do you want to bet on the U.S.? Probably not, right? It's not that exciting. Plus 300. Also, with that odds moving up like that, that means that people are betting on the U.S. And you know what we like in this podcast? We don't like betting with people. Ugh, we hate people. People are the worst. People also lose money. Let's go a little counter here. I like the Dominican Republic at plus 1,000. The Dominican Republic currently making the best baseball players in the world. Look at our major league. You know, they're just incredible, incredible baseball players. So they're not playing in this team, but the team itself is pretty robust with former players and prospects still. Jose Batista, Juan Francisco, Melky Cabrera, Emilio Benefacio. There's some really good players on this team. And to think at plus 1,000, let's roll some money here. Let's let's try and lose some money. Let's lose some money on Dominican Republic at plus 1,000. That's where we're going. Let us know at Losing Money WIB where you're going. Okay, let's get the major four sports out of the way here. Let's go to basketball. And we'll start with men's basketball. The U.S. has lost to Nigeria and Australia in a pre-warm-up to the tournament. Not great. Let's just call it space paid. Not great. But they're still the favorite at minus 600. So their starting lineup, Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, Bam Adebayo. Like, oh God. They put together a roster that simply cannot be matched in this tournament, right? So that's their starting lineup. Is there more players? Yeah. Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Jamari Graham, Drew Holiday, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton. Okay, I can keep going on and on and on. They, they are literally the all-pro team. Any their, their last guy on the bench would be starter on any other team. But is it fun to take a minus 600? No. Should you? Yes. They're going to win. What are you, out of your mind? Take the U.S. at minus 600. But I've seen odds out there that I kind of like that are anyone but the U.S. So who who comes in second? And in that, we're looking at two people. You're looking at Spain and Australia. Spain to win the whole thing is plus 900. They have both Casol brothers, Willie Herman Gomez, Ricky Rubio, Rudy Fernandez. They won the bronze in 2016, the silver in 2012 and 2008, and in 2019, they were the FIBA World Cup champions, and they're number two in the world rankings right now. Feels pretty good. To win the whole thing, they're plus 900, but I'm also looking at Australia. To win the whole thing is plus 1,200. Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Aaron Baines, Josh Green, Dante Exum, and Matthew Deladova. This is a very good team and just beat the U.S., right? So a little bit of of chemistry, a little bit of cohesion there. If we had to bet on the outright winner without the USA, which is the odds that we're seeing currently on Oddshark, we're going to take Australia at plus 250. One of our field reporters for Losing Money with Andrew Bascom over in Australia, the Wizard of Oz, that's what we call him. Really good horse better. We're going to have him on the podcast soon. He really likes Australia right now, plus 250. So we're going to respect that bet and match that bet. Australia, the outright winner without the U.S. at plus 250. 
You can also get a top three finish in men's basketball at plus 110 for Australia, and I like both of those. For women's basketball, if you thought men's basketball was too dominating, and oh, what's the point of even betting on this? What's the point of betting on the U.S.? Ugh, minus 600. The U.S. women's team is even worse. And by worse, I mean better. They're currently a minus 900 to win. And guess what? They're going to win. T- throw your money on minus 900. Throw your throw your mortgage money. Throw your uh, life savings. The U.S. women's team is going to win. Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, two of the best women's players of all time, are going for their fifth gold medal. Fifth gold medal. They're not swimmers. There's not fifth. Of, there's not five events in this tournament. They're going for their fifth Olympic gold medal. That is bananas. I don't even have a backup for this one. I don't even have like, well, the U.S. is going to win. But if you had to look at something, no, the U.S. is going to win. Stop looking. It's over. Okay, we got two more professional sports we want to talk about. And this is the second last one, I promise. Soccer. So a big important thing to remember with soccer is they are currently under 23 rosters, but they are allowed three overage players. So this makes it very, very hard to pick. And that's why going with favorites feels like I just don't think that's the way you want to go. All the odds are really bunched up. Whereas we saw before, like, there's a heavy favorite, then a plus 900, then a plus 1200. No, no, no. We have Spain at plus 200, Brazil at plus 275, and then we get to third and fourth, who I really like. I like France at plus 500, and I also like Argentina at plus 800. These just feel like France has got a really good young core, and uh, and I believe could make that big first step. After coming from the Euros, people are trying to stay away from, you know, teams that really did well. And I think the disappointing teams are the ones that could be doing really even better because, you know, because of rest and because that team that existed within the Euros is not the team that will be represented at the Olympics. People really like France at plus 500. Feels like a good way to go. Argentina is the same way. Argentina will be using almost their Copa roster at the Olympics because they are a young team. Yes, you won't see Messi, but you'll see some really good players, and plus 800 feels like good odds for me. Then when it comes to women's soccer, it's just like women's basketball. The U.S. is going to win. Stop thinking otherwise. Seriously, stop thinking otherwise. They're going to win. Their odds are really good. I've seen them as far as one, minus 160. I've also seen them as far as minus 700. So you're going to find them as favorites somewhere. You're going to have to shop around to find the best odds, but the U.S. is going to win, which is also how I feel their commercial would go for U.S. soccer. We are going to win. Stop trying. U.S. Over at men's tennis, the last professional sport that we're going to want to talk about here. This is my favorite bet of the whole the whole thing. My favorite bet. Novak Djokovic, minus 112. That's it. Minus, minus 112. Federer's not playing. Nadal's not playing. Novak Djokovic is so far and away the best player in men's tennis right now. And you can get him pre-tournament at minus 112? Come on. Come on. Don't overthink this. Take it. Be happy with this. I'm giving you a lot of mortgage picks. I'm giving you a lot of life savings picks, but this is one of them. Novak, Novak Djokovic is going to win the men's tournament, and you can get him at minus 112 right now pre-tournament? Come on. Don't overthink this. You want a long shot? Okay, twist my arm. I'll give you a long shot. Let's do this. Felix Auger, Ali Asim at plus 2,500. 2,500, great odds. He's got his opening draw uh, against uh, Andy Murray, who's a two-time Olympic champion, but definitely not the same Andy Murray that won. This Canadian, he's 21 years old. He just recently beat Roger Federer. I, I really think he is the one on the way up. And if you want, you'd rather catch people on the way up than the way down. And I think that's why the Andy Murray bet makes no sense at all. Bet on Felix, plus 2,500 as a little sprinkle. But do not lose sight that Novak Djokovic is going to win this tournament. I cannot express this enough. Also, the U.S. women's soccer team and basketball team. I cannot stress this enough. Maybe throw them in a parlay. Can you do that? Let's try that. Let's talk to our bookie. For women's tennis, we're going to go with Ashley Barty at plus 500, the Australian. Uh, she is the favorite, but she's the favorite for a reason. This uh, tournament is a little top-heavy on the women's side, and we believe she will be the one at the top at the end. Ashley Barty, plus 500. 
For track and field, there's only a few ones that we really like. And then we might be doing some more daily stuff at Losing Money WAB, just in case you forgot. Ding, 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 ding. We're going to make early bets right now for the 100 meters men's and the 200 meters men's on the same person. We're going to be betting on Andre DeGrasse at plus 1,000 for the 100 meter and plus 400 for the 200 meter. 200 meter is his better sport, right? He That's that's the one that's the famous picture with Usain Bolt pointing back at him like, oh, you almost got me. One of the best pictures of all time. He is now the second favorite right now at plus 400. Plus 400, second favorite. That feels really good. He has won a bunch of tournaments this year internationally, and I really like that plus 400. And since that's being run first, then we can get back at plus 100. Pre-tournament, we're going to be betting on it, plus 1,000 to win the 100 meter. Let's do it. Let's think. Maybe he wins the 200 meter, and then you're like, oh, now he's feeling really good. Now he's feeling fast. And you get him at plus 1,000. Those odds just feel like out of whack. Is he actually going to win? I don't know, but I think the 1,000 plus 400 feels like really good odds to be jumping on. And then for the 100-meter women's, we're going to be doing Shelly Ann Fraser-Price from Jamaica at minus 120. This, again, this goes into the Djokovic. Women's soccer and women's basketball, don't think about it. She is the best in the world. She is so goddamn fast. And with Richardson out, this is absolutely worth your time. Minus 120. We're going to pound that one. We love it. Another bet that I really, really like is uh, Brazil over four and a half gold medals. Four and a half is very, very small. Not only are they the favorites in soccer, they have a chance in both volleyballs, both beach volleyballs, excuse me, both men and women. They have a favorite in canoeing. And then indoor men's volleyball is also the defending champion. I just, if I'm naming, I'm naming five favorites there and their over under is four and a half. Wait a second. What the hell? So we're going to be taking Brazil over four and a half gold medals, minus 110. Lock that in. So there you go. There are some picks that we have, just, you know, some casual picks. For the Summer Olympics right now, we are going to be making a ton over at Losing Money WAB, where we make our daily picks that we're going to be seeing some more, like, as the trends go, we're going to be making individual picks for individual games in soccer or basketball or the actual races that are going to be happening. I want to jump on the diving as well. There seems to be odds made up for that one. So for more picks like that, you know where to find us. Okay, I got to hurry up here, but last but not least, we have a UFC fight night this weekend. We've been killing the UFC fight nights. We made so much money last weekend. It was crazy. We hit three sprinkles, which of course, as you know, longtime listener, thank you very much. Sprinkles are when we hit the half unit bets. So if we're taking two fighters, we take one to win. That's a full unit bet. How are they going to win? By, by knockout plus 400? That's a sprinkle. Once we're hitting the sprinkles, then you know we're making some money. We're going to take me three fights here at the UFC fight night. Let's start with the earlier fights. Miranda Maverick, minus 130 versus Macy Barber at plus 110. Macy Barber is someone that we bet on, you know, about a year ago, I think. She is called the future for a reason. By the way, nickname, I'm the nickname judge. Miranda, fear the Maverick. Fear the is the nickname. Little clunky, but I, I get it. And Macy, the future Barber. These are pretty good nicknames. I'm pretty okay with this. Macy Barber had a chance to be the youngest UFC champion of all time, trying to dethrone John Jones's record. Uh, and then in that fight, she blew at her knee. She both tore her ACL and MCL, and it was pretty gross. But that was several years ago. Now she's back. In her in her warm-up fight back from that, she did lose in, uh, in a unanimous decision and just looked really rusty. She is still insanely young. Insanely young. And I really like Macy Barber, and I want to see her do well. So I think her getting plus money at plus 110 against Miranda Mavericks, minus 130, I think is absolutely worth your time. Mavericks a really good fighter. Like, I just want to make that incredibly clear. She's only 24 herself. She's a 9-2, and two, only 2-0 and oh with the UFC, but both of her losses come by decision. That is how Barber will win. She is just going to just absolutely pummel you to death, and I like that by decision. So that also works out. I'm going to go with Macy Barber at plus 110 and via decision at plus 345. The 345, I like that. Okay, in the co-main event, we got Aspen Ladd at minus 200 versus Macy Chazon at plus 160. Aspen Ladd, a really big up-and-coming fighter, 
Very similar to Macy Barber in the way that she was an upcoming fighter and also similar because she tore her ACL and MCL. Oh, weird, gross. Since coming back, she lost her first match ever but has rebounded with a win since then. Macy Chazon, something very similar, had her first loss in September of 2019 but has picked up back-to-back wins since then. So, Lad's a really dangerous fighter. She just is a well-rounded skill set. She averages 5.22 significant strikes per minute and absorbs 4.84. If you know math, you know that's more than less and I like that. Giving out more than you take. She can also take down people, you know, tremendously well. 2.45 takedowns per 15 minutes and hits 75% of her attempts. She is really could be the future here. She's looking well after a knee injury. I like Aspen Ladd here at minus 200 via decision also at plus 355. Wow, her and Macy Barber should fight next. If everything goes the way I, sh- I think it should go, this actually makes a lot of sense. Am I a future teller? And in the main event, and a main event that people really, really want to see, Corey Sanhagen, minus 190 versus TJ Dillashaw, plus 155. So, if anyone remembers anything, TJ Dillashaw, former two-time bantamweight champion, he got uh, he got caught with drugs. Uh, drugs that help him uh, cut weight. That's that's the drug. And it was one of those ones that it's really hard to explain away. And so he tried, he didn't even try, which is good for him. It was just one of those like, hey, you got drugs in your system? He goes, yeah, 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 I do, don't I? Okay, great. This is his first fight back. He's been almost two years away from the octagon. People are very curious to see how he's going to do. Corey Sanhagen, his first loss ever last year was to Aljamain Sterling, who we, we all like on this podcast. But Corey Sanhagen's a really, really big fighter. He was on a seven-fight winning streak at that point. Since that loss, he's won two in a row, and both were knockout wins. His record stands at 14-2 and two currently, and nine of those wins have been stoppages, six knockouts, three submissions. He's a big bantamweight. Big, big bantamweight. 5'11", 70-inch reach. He is predominantly a striker, for sure. He can he can wrestle a little bit. He's got 1.07 takedowns per 15 minutes, but hasn't scored one in his last four fights. To be honest, he hasn't needed to, so that's also part of it. Since his loss to Sterling, he's picked up wins against uh, Marlon Moraes and uh, Frankie Edgar. Dillashaw, like we're saying, takes a two-year break. Break. Suspension away from the octagon. The, the big one, the big number around this, maybe the ring rust, everything else, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You could pick the thing that you don't like about TJ Dillashaw on this one, but to me, it's the three-inch reach of disadvantage and the five inches shorter than Sandhagen really feels like. He feels like old bantamweight, whereas it feels like Sandhagen is new bantamweight. I think you can guess where I'm going. I'm going Corey Sandhagen, minus 190, and via knockout, at only plus 150, the odds are going with us on this one that if they think Sandhagen's going to win, it's going to be by knockout. And guess what? I'm right there with you, buddy. Oh, there's the piano music. It is time to get out of here. I kept you long. I'm so sorry about that. Once again, please go over to at LosingMoneyWAB on Twitter, on Instagram for free daily picks. But thank you so much for Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please rate, review, subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to this on? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or on Instagram or click the link. It's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers Mike Yarenworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening, and have fun losing money on the Summer Olympics. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!